ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. Oh, I am fired up. I am fired up because in the midst of what may have been the craziest election in the United States history, in the midst of a global pandemic that has knocked our entire world on our behinds, in the midst of so much racial injustice and pain and trauma and people losing jobs and being evicted from their homes, this week we had incredible inspiration. Incredible inspiration. Now, I try to keep politics out of the Purpose Girl podcast, but the fact is, no matter how you look at this election, it was all about inspiration, all about purpose, because we had so many firsts. The first Black gay men elected to the United States Congress. The first woman, Black woman, Indian woman going into the White House as the vice president. No matter how you look at this election, there were so many firsts, so much inspiration. And that is what I want to focus on. Yes, I'm personally excited. And if that turns some of you off from the Purpose Girl podcast, then know that I love you. I am with you. We are sisters no matter what. And what I want to focus on, what I want to ground into is how freaking exciting it is to see all of these glass ceilings shattered. Because what that tells us, sister, is that there is no glass ceiling. That even if you don't see anyone who looks like you, anyone who resembles or has your sexual orientation, the color of your skin, your gender, it is all possible. You may have to be the first and know that you being the first just means that there will be many more after you. And so today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about the inspiration, the inspiration that has come at least to me in this election. And you're going to want to listen to the entire thing because I give purpose power tips of how you can become a ceiling breaker yourself. All right. On to our review, of course. First, this is a five-star review entitled, Click It, Listen to It, Let It Change You. Oh my God, I love that. This is by AGPZ1818. And she says, I listen to this on my three-mile walks and it's the perfect length to listen to one episode. I'm encouraged and I leave feeling so empowered. I want to know Karen and be her bestie. Aw, AGPZ, we are besties. That's it, we are besties. Send me an email. I cannot wait to connect with you. I love it. I feel like you're all my besties and my besties are my besties. And just every woman is my bestie because we're in this so together, sisters. We are in this together. That said, 
I'm so excited to invite you into the Purpose Girls Facebook group. If you haven't joined yet, like that is so a place every day I post something inspiring every day, something for you to share and connect with. And so you want to get on that train. What are you waiting for? Head on over to the Purpose Girls group. Also, I am so excited because coming up soon, I am going to be announcing that I am holding the last, the very last empowered group that I'm ever doing. This is my four month mastermind for women to step into their full feminine power, to become so confident, so clear on purpose, so wildly joyful in your life. Like this has changed so many women's lives from losing 40 pounds to creating businesses to finding the love of their life. And this is going to be the last year. So send me an email if you want to get on that wait list. All right, let's talk election inspiration. So I'm not going to hide it. I can't hide it. I'm beyond excited, like beyond excited. Because when I look across the country, across the United States, at many of the people that were elected, I am starting to see the diversity of my own group of friends. I'm starting to see the diversity that I want to see in the world. I have friends who are Black. I have friends who are Indian. I have friends who are Korean American. I have friends who are gay. I have friends who are bi. I have friends who are transgender. And that is America. And so it thrills me to no end to see how many different ways of being we elected. Is it enough? Heck to the no, because the numbers, the ratio still don't get there. But let's talk about what did happen. Okay, let's talk about this amazing first step. Now, I grew up my whole life hearing that the American dream was that someone can come here to the United States with nothing. Come here with nothing. And that's what I experienced in my grandparents who were Holocaust survivors. They came here with nothing. Both had to leave their families back in Nazi-ruled Austria. Okay, so my grandmother came from a wealthy family and she had to leave her entire family when she was a teenager, didn't know the language, only knew German, showed up in the United States and needed to figure it out. My grandfather had ended up in a camp, a camp, and he was able to escape just before that camp became a crematorium. And so they each separately landed here in the United States, and it was the world of possibility, the world where somebody could be an immigrant. They could work really hard. They could get so clear on their own talents and strengths, they could contribute them to the world, and they could make a beautiful life for themselves and their families where they could have children who grew up with good education, with the possibility of creating dreams. That's what the American dream has been, where they could own a home. And this is what my grandparents did. And so when I look at Kamala Harris coming into the White House, she is the epitome of the American dream. Her mother came here from India as a grad student at 19 years old. Her father had come here to the United States born in Jamaica, and he came to receive his PhD in economics. These were people who came for the American dream. They fell in love. They got married. They had two little girls. And do you know that when Kamala Harris was a little girl, she had to be bused in to her school because at the time, Berkeley, California was doing a desegregation program so that they would bus black children in in order to offset the neighborhood that had been 95% white. She was bussed in to say, let's all be together. Let's all unite, that we can be friends with each other. We can learn with and from each other. That's who this woman is and was when she was a little girl. And now 
she put the American dream into effect by studying hard, going to university, going to a a historic black college, getting her law degree, beginning her amazing work. And now we have this incredible black Indian American woman going to the White House. And so as I watched her speech the other day and I see her walk out in this beautiful white suit, oh my goddess, oh, she's so gorgeous and sexy and beautiful and powerful. I thought about my nieces. I have a 21-year-old niece who was able to vote for her for the first time. My 21-year-old niece who took to the streets with the Black Lives Matter protests, none of the looting, none of that, but standing up, using her voice to say, this is not okay to make a difference and say the kind of world I want to see is a world where everybody is treated equally. Everybody gets a say. Everybody has the right to live. She got to vote for the first time and she got to watch a woman enter into the White House and see that her vote mattered. I also have a 10-month-old niece. And I thought about how when she is one and two and three and understands that there is a president and a vice president, she will never know a time when there wasn't a woman in a highly elected position. She'll never know. Think about that. Step back. Imagine. Because in my entire life, 46 years, I've never known a woman to hold the highest position in the United States. I've seen a couple of other countries do it. And so even if in my mind, I knew it's possible for a woman, even if when we were little kids and someone would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And other little kids, other little girls could say, I want to be president. Even if we've heard it, we've never seen it. And let me tell you the psychology of what happens when we start to see it. There used to be a time when people couldn't do a four minute mile. People thought it was impossible to run a four minute mile. It was first achieved in 1954 by Roger Bannister when he was age 25. Before that, People didn't think it was possible. And since then, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have broken the four-minute mile barrier. It's not considered a barrier anymore. In 1975, John Walker became the first person to run a mile under three minutes and 50 seconds, right? As soon as we know that something is possible, our minds start to shift. And this is because our minds have something called confirmation bias. And our minds are always looking to believe or validate what we know is true. But when someone breaks a barrier, a glass ceiling, all of a sudden our brain is reconfigured around what is possible. And then our brain can start doing the work of saying, how can I, how can I do that? Oh, that's a possibility for me too. And now our brain starts to see something different. It has a different validation and confirmation. And so for my 10-month-old niece and my 21-year-old niece and my son to see a woman in the White House And for my son and for my niece, my 10-month-old niece, they won't know any different. It would be like, well, duh, of course women can be in the White House. Duh. And that's incredible. If she does nothing else, and I know she will, but if she does nothing else, she has already changed the lives of millions of girls, millions of children, the millions of Americans, millions of people around the world forever. And that is huge. Now, there are many stories, and I'm going to share many of them that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't heard from this election. But what keeps coming to me is that this is an election of inspiration. So let me pause and let's talk about what inspiration is. 
So inspiration, according to the dictionary, means to excite, to encourage, or to breathe life into. Okay, the word inspire comes from the Latin word that means to inflame or blow into. Now, I teach an entire week on inspiration in the Goddess on Purpose course. And the purpose there is for women in the course to allow themselves to be uplifted, breathe life into who they are, as well as see how they breathe life into others, right? It's a huge piece of knowing our purpose. And so inspiration, this idea, it's like inflaming or breathing life into, blowing into. We might even think of like a glass blower, right? If you've ever seen someone blow glass, it's so beautiful. They blow into a tube and the glass expands into a vase or whatever it is that the person is making. And so when you inspire something, it is that you are breathing life into that thing. Breathing life into that thing. Now let's take it to this example. When Kamala Harris stood up in that gorgeous white suit, and yeah, I know we shouldn't be talking about like what she wears, but we're going to, right? Because she's so classy and so amazing. But when she stood up and she spoke and little girls all over the world were watching her, especially little black girls, brown girls, she breathed life into them. She breathed possibility into them. She breathed potential into them. And that, that is something that we can't get in a school, we can't get any other way than to see someone else lift us up, inspire us, blow air into. And so pause there. I want you to think about who inspires you in that way. Who breathes life into you? Who are the people? Some of my friends call them expanders, people who expand possibility for you. You didn't even know that something was possible like the four-minute mile until you see someone else do it. And now They've expanded it for you. Because whatever you see in them, when it expands you and you feel it, that means that it is there for you as well. It is who you are. Researchers Thrash and Elliot, they researched a lot about inspiration and they found that people who were inspired, right? Inspired people were more open to new experiences. So this is beautiful because if you allow yourself to be inspired by others, you now have opened up your brain for more possibility. And that means more possibility for you. And thus how you can yourself can break a glass ceiling. You look around your company and you don't see that women are in the boardroom. But now you see an example of Kamala or someone else that has broken that ceiling and you have life breathed into you. Your mind is open and go, oh, I could be the first as well. And this is the power of this particular election. Now, this was not an election that was a win for women just with Kamala. We have so many other wins. Did you know that New Mexico elected all women of color to the House for the first time in the state's history? Like, all of the women from New Mexico that are in the House of Representatives in the United States are women of color. Can you imagine what that is doing for the little girls, the young women in New Mexico. And frankly, if we get this story out, right, we are the ones who will change the world. I always say it at the end of the podcast, right? Changing the world one woman at a time. Can you imagine what that would be like if more girls and young women heard that the entire delegation from New Mexico in the House of Representatives is women and women of color? Now, here is why this is so important. Women only make up 23.2% of the House of Representatives in the United States before this election. 
23%. Yet women are half of the population, half of the population. And so it is critically important that more girls and young women see more women in places of office. In terms of CEOs running our largest companies, only about 6%, depending on when you look at it, 6% of the CEOs are women. Okay, this is an issue. How is a girl supposed to know how far she can go if she doesn't see it? Now, she's going to have to be the ceiling breaker, right? The glass ceiling breaker. We all need to be the glass ceiling breakers. And that's what I love about this election. It shows us that we can be. It shows us that it is possible. In fact, it's not a woman, but let's look at President-elect Joe Biden. Now, I know you may have your own thoughts about Joe Biden. I've done my own research. He wasn't the candidate that I was picking during the primaries. I'll just be honest. I was an Elizabeth Warren gal. Okay, I'm that progressive. And again, if you choose not to listen to me anymore because of it, I hear you, but I believe in minimum wage being higher. I believe in equality of marriage for all. I believe in free education for all. I believe in women's rights for their bodies. So those are my beliefs and you don't have to share them. I looked at Joe Biden. I thought, oh, another old white man. Don't need him, (laughs) right? The more I researched him, the more blown away I was. I mean, here we have a man who as a boy had a stutter makes me actually want to cry because I think when my sweet baby boy starts speaking, what if he has a stutter? You know he's going to be made fun of. You know that the other kids are going to be cruel. And here was Joe with a stutter. Can you imagine how he was bullied? Can you imagine what the other kids did to him? Can you imagine how he probably thought that he couldn't go very far? But he had people telling him that he could. People believing in him. Can you imagine? And he grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. This is a blue-collar area. This is not a wealthy area. This is not where people have things handed to them on silver spoons. These are people working hard every single day just to make it, to put food on the table for their families, to be able to take their family on a vacation once a year, once every couple of years. I mean, these are hardworking people. And that's where he grew up. And one day when he was a boy, his father came home and said that he lost his job. And there might not be food. There might not be the ability to keep the home. I mean, this is what he grew up with. And despite all of that, he ended up being elected as a senator, as a young man. And before even starting the job, his wife and baby girl were killed in an accident. Can you imagine his wife and baby girl being killed? Can you imagine? I can't imagine my husband and my baby. I, I can't even say it. And he wasn't going to start Congress because he needed to take care of his other two boys, take care of his sons. Being a father to them was so important. This is what his values were. And a mentor said to him, no, Joe, you're needed. Your values that you want to bring to the United States, they are still needed. And that's the model that you need to set for your boys. And so what he did is he decided he was going to get on a train every day the fastest train he could to get back and forth between Washington and where he lived in Delaware so that he was home to make his boys dinner. That's what we're talking about here. A man who rose up pain to purpose. And while he was in Congress, he worked across the aisle. Now, I don't want to get too 
political, but I respect somebody who can work across the aisle, who became good friends with John McCain, who absolutely was a Republican and he was a Democrat. So we're seeing again the inspiration here that we can breathe life into connection, the inspiration here that we can rise up above any challenge, that when we have tremendous pain, we can rise up, the inspiration that you can be a child who has any sort of learning difference and still become president of the United States. Are you kidding? He still has a stutter. And do you know that he has now helped other young adults and children with their stutters? Can you imagine? And coming from humble beginnings, there was a woman who gave him $18, which in Judaism, 18 is life. So when we're making a financial donation or contribution or gift to somebody, we usually do it in multiples of 18. So if I want to give you $50, I'll probably give you 54. Okay. That's just kind of how we do it in Judaism. And so there was a woman who gave him $18 for him to run in his first campaign. And every year for the next however many years, she gave him $18. Now he ended up becoming a big senator and eventually vice president of the United States. And would you believe that when that beautiful woman passed away, quietly, without making a fanfare, without telling anyone, he showed up at the Shiva house, it's called, the house where people are sitting um, for the deceased. And just to pay his respects. And when the rabbi went up to him and said, um, so good to see you, you know, <laughs> I didn't expect you here. He said, she gave me $18 every year and I want to pay my respects to her. I appreciate her. Now, can you imagine that is inspiring that it's not about someone who had to give him millions. I am so inspired by someone who values humans so much. So I want you to think about this inspiration. No matter, again, you might not agree with his politics. You might not anything. But what about the inspiration, breathing life into those of you who have children who are born or who develop some sort of learning difference, who are bullied by other kids? Who Can you imagine the inspiration of them seeing what is possible if they have a stutter or they have a learning difference, they have dyslexia, they are bullied? And what is possible? The inspiration of someone who loses their love and their child and still goes on to live their purpose, still takes care of their children, still rises up. And then that man ran for president three times. He quote unquote failed twice. And the third time he was elected. Now, here's what that tells me. The inspiration in me is when I fall, Karen, get back up. I have told you all this story before, but I want to share it again. When I launched my first group program, you know how many women signed up? Zero. None. None. (laughs) And I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed. I like ran into my bed. I was living in this 200 square foot apartment in New York City. I put the covers over my head. I was so ashamed. I'm sure I ate a lot of ice cream. Like, hello, Ben. Hello, Jerry. Like, we were all best friends. I was just eating my face off, probably drinking a lot of wine. I was so embarrassed. And then... 24 hours later, maybe 48, I don't know. I had to get out of bed, look at my dirty old sweatpants that I was wearing and shower and ask myself my purpose. Why was I doing this? Why did I have a group program? Was it for my own ego? Hell no. I have group programs to bring women together to discover their purpose, to get clear on their super hero powers, to rise up as confident leaders in this world. Because that's how I think the world's going to change. That's what every woman needs is to feel so amazing and delicious and alive. 
that's why I have women's group programs. And so I said, I need to do this again. And I put out the call for the second group program. And you know how many people showed up? Zero. <laughs> again. <laughs> and I went through it all over again. The wine, the Ben and Jerry's, the old sweatpants, the feeling like a loser, but this time really a loser, right? Double a loser. And I had to get back up. And I got back up again, refocused on my purpose, my why. Ultimately, my belief that women need to come together in sisterhoods like my four-month empowered program that's going to be starting in January and offer a group program again. And I know it works because I've seen women get on television, go back to graduate school, get married from it. I mean, amazing things. Leave abusive marriages, start businesses. And so that third time, again, I launched that group program. And that time, I had a group program. And so maybe there's something about the third time. I'm the third child, right? We get it right the third time. But the key here is, what I want you to walk away with is, if you quote unquote fail, people say to me all the time, but what if I fail? I'll be so ashamed. I'll be so embarrassed. Well, let yourself be inspired by my story, by our new president-elect, Joe Biden. If you fail, you're going to dust yourself off. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to get back up. You're going to ask yourself, why is this important? What did I learn? What do I want to do differently? How do I want to move forward? And you're going to turn that into purpose forward. That's what is so inspiring about this election. In fact, another story of turning pain into purpose, moving forward, creating something even bigger than had happened before is with Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is an incredible, incredible leader in Georgia. She was the first African-American woman to be a gubernatorial, a governor nominee for a major party in the United States, right? So she ran for governor in Georgia in 2018. And there was voter suppression there. She ran against the Secretary of State. There was found to be voter suppression, and therefore she lost. Now, she could have cried herself to sleep and chosen a totally different career. She could have, you know, screamed bloody murder and done God knows what. What she did, what she did is she put that pain into purpose. She launched an effort called Fair Fight Action. That's a voting rights nonprofit organization that ended up this year in the 2020 election getting out 800,000 new voter registrations. 800,000 new voter registrations. That is huge. Another inspiring story coming out of this election. Anytime you think one person cannot make a difference, remember, you can. In fact, we see so many examples in this election where one person is breaking that glass ceiling, is stepping up, stepping forward, and has become the first. Cori Bush, the first black woman to represent Missouri in Congress, the first black woman. She said in her address to the black women, the black girls, the nurses, the essential workers, the single mothers, this is our moment. Interestingly enough, before this election, did you know we didn't have openly gay black men elected to Congress? But now Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones, both, both were elected to Congress. They are the first openly gay black men to Congress. In fact, 
Mr. Torres is the first openly gay African Latino elected to Congress. Marilyn Strickland, Marilyn Strickland from the state of Washington, became the first Korean American woman ever elected to Congress. This is incredible. Shame on me. I didn't realize that we didn't have Korean Americans in Congress in our leadership, but we need to because Asian Americans are an important part of our demographic in the United States. And we can't stop at one, right? We can't stop at just two openly gay black men. The idea here is it is so beautiful and so incredible to see that our leadership is going to start looking like more and more of the diversity of this nation. We see more and more people identify as non-binary, meaning that they don't identify as woman or as man, but as them. And in Oklahoma, Maury Turner, who is black, who is Muslim, identifies as non-binary. She won a seat in her state house. I mean, time after time in this election, we are seeing people break the glass ceiling. We are seeing people be the first. And what that tells me is that every single one of us has the ability to be the first. Every single one of us has the ability to rise up and break whatever glass ceiling. In fact, maybe what this tells us is that there is no glass ceiling, right? Maybe we can all be like dancing on the shards of the glass ceiling in our kicks, right? In our converse or heels or boots or whatever you're into dancing in. But maybe there is no glass ceiling. Maybe that's a better image for us. That we look ahead at whatever it is that we want. If you want a promotion at work, rather than looking at the boardroom and saying, well, there are no women in the boardroom or there are no African-Americans in the boardroom or Asian-Americans or whatever it might be, rather than looking at that in the boardroom, perhaps you look at it and you say, and that's exactly why I need to be there, that there is no glass ceiling. That's just a seat waiting for you and waiting for your sister in the next office and waiting for the other sister in the next office, right? That, that is waiting for all of you. If you want to open a business and you're like, but nobody in my family has ever opened a business or you want to go to college and you say, but no one in my family has ever gone to college. That's totally new, right? Let yourself be the first. There is no ceiling. And this is what I'm so inspired by from this election. It has breathed new life into me. In my Goddess on Fire program, which is my purpose business mastermind, this is a small group of women who know what their purpose is and they're ready to turn it into their business, their nonprofit, like their effort, their livelihood in the world. We were talking this week about this idea of the first And this idea that right now is when women are stepping into leadership roles, when women are needed to step into leadership roles. And that this is the moment that we were born for. And so as you're listening to this, and as you're considering who inspires you and what inspires you, and you're feeling any sort of increased sense of renewal and possibility, let that charge you forward. This is the beauty of inspiration. We literally know from the science, this is the beauty of inspiration. Think about it. Inspiration, that blowing into, right? That opening up, that infusing into, infusing energy into. Well, the more input we have, the more output we're able to give. I have a client who's an artist and she was completely like dried up, right? Unable to 
produce, to create. She, she both is a writer and um, a visual artist, and she felt completely blocked up by a number of things in her life. And so I suggested to her the work of Julia Cameron, who has done The Artist's Way. And part of that is that you go on an artist date once a week. Go on a date because you have to have input in order to have output. And an artist date is when you go out and you do something different for, let's say, one hour a week. So you might go to a museum one hour, one week. You might go for a walk in a new park for one hour a week, right? Anything that is input in gives you more to have output out. This is why inspiration is so important. Interestingly enough, inspired people have higher psychological resources, including higher self-esteem. Okay, this is super cool because I know sometimes we can look at someone who's done something amazing and we can compare ourselves to them and then feel worse about ourselves. And that is not high self-esteem. But this is where we can take comparison and turn it into something amazing. And instead, anytime you find yourself and you go, oh, they're better than I am. No, no more of that. From now on, we do the Harry Met Sally. I'll have what she's having. When you're inspired by that person, you say, oh, if she can do it, if she can have a million dollar business or she can create that, that means I can too. Then you move into a place of inspiration. And what the research shows is that when you're inspired, you actually have higher self-esteem and higher optimism. So it is a simple shift that is so cool and will literally change your life. Now, purpose and happiness, right? Being wildly, passionately happy requires you to have that inspired mindset. Because that inspired mindset, the more you allow inspiration in, the more you're going to discover, the more you're going to be awakened and realize, oh my God, that's what I'm interested in. Oh, that's what I'm interested in. One of my clients who came to me because she was unhappy in her job, unhappy in her marriage, unhappy period. And we really started focusing in on purpose. And she just knew, I want to do something big. I want to do something important. And so as we started getting into inspiration, what and who inspires her, she came up with a list of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is maybe a year ago. So before she passed on, may she rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a couple of other people. And she realized that everyone on that list had been a lawyer and was doing something really powerful. And she said, oh, my God, I want to be a lawyer. And it was actually something that she had thought about earlier in life, but it kind of brushed it off as, nah, I don't really know if I want to go back to school. I don't want to do that. And here she was. She already was a mom. She already was in a career. And she said, no, even so, even though the other people applying to law school right now are going to be younger, they're probably not parents, I can do this. And sure enough, she applied to law school. And so this is an opportunity when you're open, when you're inspired. And that's what I love about this election. It can inspire you. It is inspiring me. It's inspiring me to work with more and more and more of you on what your purpose is and how you can step into it. Because if ever there was a time for women to be stepping into our leadership, women to be really giving our gifts in the world and making tremendous change, women being the first at anything and everything, it is now. And we are needed, sister. And so I want to leave you with these inspiration, purpose power tips. Number one, I want you to eliminate the idea that there is a glass ceiling. Number one, 
you're going to shift your mindset to know that anything and everything is possible. You're going to gather up remembering, realizing that if all these people have done it, have been the first at whatever it was, you can too. Number two, if you're afraid of failure or you feel like you've failed in the past, you are going to dust yourself off, you're going to get yourself back up, and you are going to return to purpose, return to your why, why you were going for it in the first place, why it mattered, why it matters. And what can you learn? What can you do going forward? Instead of making any statement like it's too hard, it's difficult, it's impossible, you're going to shift it. You're going to dust yourself off, just like Stacey Abrams, just like Joe Biden. You're going to move forward. Number three, make a desire list. Could be a list of all the things that you desire that maybe make sense, maybe don't make sense. Maybe you say, I want to go to the moon. And then your brain goes, that doesn't make sense. Yes, write it down. You want to just get down all of your desires. And you want to grow that list and continue growing it as big and as big and as big as you can including small things too, like a desire to, you know, have an ice cream sundae. Great. Because the more you're in touch with your desires, the more you let yourself dream. Remember, dreams are free. Okay. We don't pay for them. The higher you're going to go. And number four, you're going to take action. Okay. You're going to take any small or big action. There is no action too small. Because what we have learned from these people is that they're taking action. They're doing what is in their heart, even if it seems impossible or not done before. As an example, Sarah McBride, she's an LGBTQ activist, and she just became the country's highest ranking transgender official. She's the first openly transgender state senator. And what she said The night of the election, she said, I hope tonight shows an LGBTQ kid that our democracy is big enough for them, too. That's right. It's big enough for them, too. It's big enough for you, too. It's big enough for me, too. This world, whether it's politics that you're interested in, it's entrepreneurship that you're interested in, it's volunteering that you're interested in, it's having a family that you're interested in, whatever it is that you're interested in, it is big enough for you. It's big enough for me. It's big enough for all of us. I know that might sound a little cheesy, but like, it's the freaking truth. And so let this moment inspire you. I know it's inspiring me. And so my sister, I can't wait to hear how you go and you take this inspiration and you let it blow you up just like that glass blower blowing up a big, beautiful vase. I can't wait to see how this inspiration blows you up, infuses you with new energy for you to take action forward and step into being that purpose girl that you were born to be. With that, my love, I hope you loved this episode. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave your five-star review. It literally takes 60 seconds. Second, have you gotten my Living on Purpose guide yet? Okay, that's my free guide that asks you a ton of amazing questions for you to get more and more clear on your purpose. That also gets you the newsletter, okay, which is the first place that I send out freebies, promotion. Every week I hit you up with different tips and advice. So you want to make sure you're getting that. Go over to Purpose Girl right now and make sure you're signing up. Make sure that you have joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group because ah, I provide daily content in there, daily sisterhood for you. And of course, follow me over on Instagram at Karen Rockhind or on Facebook at Coach Karen Rockhind. 
And the most important thing you can do is to share this podcast with every single woman you know. That's how we change the world, one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. Bye for now.